It has been so long. How are you guys? Happy to hear it. <laughs> Wonderful. But kind of uh, depending upon when we release these episodes. Oh, yeah, that'll seem silly. It won't be that very long. Yeah, it'll be Sunday to Wednesday. It has been many weeks since we recorded one, and we have a backlog because we've been moving. This is the inaugural. Inaug- this is the first episode. <laughs> In our new apartment. My skin is so dry that when I laughed, I felt my face crack. Oh my god. Face, face mask tonight. Face mask tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, do not rub a lint roller on your face, even as a joke. Is it still from that? It will murder your shit. Do you think it's still from that? Yeah, that it's 100%. Like two weeks ago. I know. It's gotten better since, but, you know, I have baby skin. Well, jeez. It did not want to get ripped up by a tape roll. I won't rub a wind roller on my face thanks to the tip. Please don't. Anyway, this is Rookie Movie Reviews, and I am Dan. And I'm Jenny. And this week, we watched Spirited Away. Fudge, yes. What'd you think of the movie, Jenny? Oh my gosh, I love Spirited Away. I love it. So good. Would you say it's one of the top 100 of all time? It's probably one of the top 100 movies of all time. (laughs) Phenomenal. (laughs) Which reminds me, what's this podcast about, Dan? Well, we are watching the top 100 movies of all time as rated by fans on IMDb. But this is also a dated statement because it's as of around Christmas of 2019. Yeah, we've got this poster. It's got it listed and things are moved around like uh, I forget what is lower. Oh, yeah. 2001 or Vertigo or North by Northwest. These movies are no longer in the top 100. Yep. And now they're replaced like number nine is Hamilton. Which, can we talk about that quick? I think it's bullshit. I think we've already talked about Well, maybe not recorded. Talk not about recorded. We, we've shot the shit about it's, it. It's low-key bullshit. Yeah. I mean, is it a good musical? It's a good musical. Is it a great stage play? I assume. I assume, too. I yeah, enjoyed I watching it. I don't have enough money to have seen it on stage. No. We saw the recording. So it's a great recording of a play. Which, which in my opinion, it's like, we're going to give the movie to that? I don't know. Yeah. Makes would... me mad. Does a high school recorded version of Midnight, Midsummer? what the fuck, what's... Midsummer Night's Dream. Thank you. God. By Does Bill. that count? <laughs> Good old Bill. Yeah, it's in the running. Is that <laughs> a top 100? It's pretty poorly filmed. Did they do a Midsummer Night's Dream? I have no idea. I think after we had graduated. Anyway, you guys don't give a heck. <laughs> Should we launch into this movie? Yeah. Spirited Away? Love this movie. It's so good. Hayao Miyazaki just creates these magical worlds and he puts pen to paper and color on that paper as well. And then there are several drawings in a row and then it's like a flip book. And he does all of that and he makes the pictures look like everything. <laughs> so that was just a crash course in animation. <laughs> I, I, got, uh, I got into the point where you were saying... Lots of pictures in a row, and then I realized you were doing a bit. <laughs> Up until then, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Detailed description of <laughs> the movie, I guess. But uh, filmed in or released in 2001. Yes, I remember watching the Oscars the year that this won. Oh, yeah? Because mm-hmm. I looked at the woman, and my mom and I agreed we wouldn't watch it because the woman looked scary. And little did I know. A few years later, I'd become a huge weeb. What woman? Um, Yubaba. The, oh, the witch. Yubaba. Yeah, she is freaky looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, I don't know, there's there's a handful of Ghibli movies on this. And looking at them all, because it's uh, this one, Mononoke, and Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. And I think that's it. Right. Because they don't put Nausicaa or anything like that. Howl's Moving Castle? No, that's not on the top. Is it 100. really not? Yeah, which is. Colin's outstanding as well. Yeah, I I want to say that Howl's is my favorite, second place Spirited Away, and then in terms of the list would be third of Mononoke, but very, excuse me, very close. Yeah, I think Princess Mononoke would be above Spirited Away for me. Oh yeah, but that's they're all really up there. And then Grave of the Fireflies is good, but damn, oh, I'm no. not excited to watch it. Me neither. It's so sad. I cried so hard. Gosh, yeah. It's one of those just racking sobs <sighs> type of movie. Like Okja. Yeah. I was not expecting to cry so hard oh. at that one. That is not a top 100. It should be. Should it? It should be over Inception. 
Yeah, I guess. What's funny is that ever since we released that uh, episode, mm-hmm. all the media we've seen on YouTube and stuff, uh, it just seems like a bunch of video essays about how great that movie is <laughs> yeah. have popped up and have been recommended or have been made since then. Would I change my opinion? Mm. Probably not. It's like... How is there a machine that works within the dream? Why can't they just dream it to work? <laughs> how do they get it in there? I just feel like it's when you hear a really good song. And everybody loves this. this oh, scent, like Gautier's "Somebody I Used to Know." Yeah, and I loved like, that oh, song. Amazing, and then now you hear it, and you're like, "God, skip." Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Inception. Yeah, it's fine. It's a fine action flick. It's an action flick. It's not a. It shouldn't be critically acclaimed for its plot or deeply developed characters. But we're not talking about Inception, we're talking about Spirited Away. Which does deserve all its accolades. Yes, and it opens up with our main character, Chihiro, and her mother and father driving to a new town. Yes, because they're moving. Yes, they're moving, and we hear how she doesn't want to go to a new school. She liked her old school. Just kind of setting up this, you know, breaking from familiarity and all that. One of the, obviously, main themes. They take a wrong turn. And come upon an abandoned <clears throat> theme park, which they wander through until the parents find some mysterious food and just start eating it voraciously. So I know I kind of jumped quick. So if you want to kind of talk about anything that happened before that, let's hear it. I think there was good characterization of how arrogant the dad was and how done with Chihiro the mom was. So they weren't going to listen to her. They were definitely treating her like a child because she is a child and she was acting childish how old is she in this movie 12 11 yeah 11, 12 something like that 10 10 10 she's a young a young girl uh yeah i agree 100 percent. like the dad stereotypical won't ask for directions oh he also drives through this really scary looking forest path that is clearly unkept he, he's going, like, highway speeds through it. He says there's four-wheel drive, so it's okay. Yeah, and his wife and child are both terrified, but... Yeah. Um, it's like those people who treat their street jeeps like they're four-wheelers. Because that looked like a Camry or something. Yeah. yeah. And then the mother, as far as being done with Chihiro, you're referring to when she's like, don't cling to me. Yeah, I'll trip. I'll trip, yeah. Quit... Touching me, you scared daughter of mine. I think that was a very accurate representation of how parents act with children, though. Oh, when they're just kind of fed up and (laughs) you you can't be doting all the time. No. Yeah. But still, Um, in that moment, pretty critical. I mean, Chihiro's vulnerable. New new place. New life. And mm -hmm. they're like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So beyond that, the way that Ghibli animates food. Oh, yeah. This... It's a meme. It is a meme, but it's so good. Um, my, do you have a favorite? Because my favorite is when the soup dumplings, the soup dumplings, and this. Uh, oh, I mean, across Ghibli. Oh, oh, like, Howl's Moving Castle, the breakfast. Me too. Okay. <laughs> Especially when um, Calcifer gets an egg. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something about yeah, that I'm egg. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> I think especially because that takes precedence over this one for me because that one is so wholesome and. Uh, friendly, and this one is yeah. really dark and ominous and disturbing, even before they, spoiler alert, turn into pigs. Um, just the way that they're noshing and chewing is really off-putting. Trying to tell me, though, that you're not going to eat that red little chicken? Yeah, what was that? A I don't know, but I wanted hen? some Cornish hen and teriyaki sauce or something. Yeah, it looked, all the food looks delicious. Uh, uh, we just had dinner. I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> we how well he am- animates food. We'll sit here and talk for minutes on end about Ghibli food after eating dinner. It's a really pleasing meme. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. Yes. Um, I am going to look up, because I just recalled that we had that conversation about this movie, how it had a CGI scene. So I'm going to look that up if you want to... Con- I think it's The Flowers. The Flowers. You should look it up. I'm going to look it up while you continue summarizing here for us. So the parents are very confident. Chihiro says, oh, I want to go home. I want to go back. Can we leave? And the dad starts smelling some delicious food that we were talking about. And he follows his nose like the Fruit Loops toucan to a stand full of food. (laughs) 
and there's nobody there, but he says, Daddy's got credit cards and cash, and we can just eat this stuff. It'll be okay. Arrogance again. And they start stuffing their faces, but Chihiro, like, looks away, and the sun's setting, and shadow people, and she looks back to her parents because she's scared, but they're pigs! Yeah, she, what, well, she... She wandered off. She wanders off, and uh, does she meet Haku at this point? She and tells her yet. to get lost? Um, um, what is it? Actually... Oh, yeah, she... No, she gets... Her she parents finds her bathhouse and Haku. Spirits come to life, and she freaks out, and then she sees her parents are pigs. No, no, no. She says that's not them. She runs away. She goes... She tries to run to where the car was... But she realizes she's disappearing. Oh, I guess um, by finding out her parents are pigs, I kind of viewed it as we as viewers know that those are her parents, but she doesn't accept it. Oh, because of okay. the dramatic irony. I got you now. I got okay. you. Then okay. she she meets Haku and then finds out. So her yeah. parents really have turned into pigs. Okay, I'm with you. Haku is going to help her because she's stuck there. He knows her parents are pigs. And he feeds her a little, I don't know. Some kind of berry. Maybe it was a berry. Candy. I kind of thought it was a pill. But it was probably a berry. That makes more oh, sense. Oh, pink then circle. Instead of like a Tylenol. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because when we watched it, I kind of viewed it as similar to that little ball she gets later on. Oh. Like it's just some some spirit food or some pill or orb or something that's not really like food. Because we both know that if... Um, they wanted to animate like a cranberry or something. It would have looked like a cranberry. Yeah, and yeah, this was definitely, point. it looked like a bouncy ball. Some Maybe non... it was a bouncy ball. Yeah. Spirit ball. But eating food of the Come world. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the other thing, because it makes me think of, it's probably just watching anime, makes me think of Dragon Ball Z and stuff. All the time? All the time. But... Every time you watch an anime, you think of Dragon Ball Z? Well, I, it's a very quick jump from... Thinking, to... yeah, <laughs> thinking about some scene in My Hero Academia, and then being like, "Oh yeah, Dragon I don't think Ball. that's fair to compare because they're both battle anime." Yeah, I so think... I don't know. We watch mostly battle anime. That's true. I mean, you and I watch mostly battle anime, but I'm I've seen a lot of shoujo. Oh yeah. Do you th- how how often does Dragon Ball Z come up in your mind whenever you think about some other anime, like just throughout the day? If you remember Am I scene. thinking about anime throughout the day? No. No. Well, not thinking throughout the day, but... <laughs> this meeting's so boring. Remember that Where's Inuyasha? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it makes... I don't, the point I don't... of this is that the little pill makes me think of some sort of uh, sensu bean type thing from Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is not my anchor. Okay. It Very is my anime. anchor. That's fair. What's your anchor? Um, I've seen such a variety of anime. Uh... Especially, like, during formative, yeah. starting to watch anime years. Because I, yeah, Sailor Moon was probably my intro. Okay. And then Inuyasha was where I was like, I really like anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. But I don't think about Inuyasha all the time because it's been a while since I've seen it. So I'd say maybe, like, Oran High School Host Club. But, again, been a while since I've seen it. Um, something like this. Maybe maybe Spirited Away is like my... Maybe that's my anchor cool. for these fantastical kind of stories. But what I wanted to call out is I don't know if this is... I don't know if Spirit World, the way I think about it, um, with the Fae, is seen in the same light as in Japanese um, mm. folklore. Because with the Fae, if you partake of their food, you are stuck in their realm. Yeah, because, like, uh, as far as I'm aware of uh, fairy folklore and, like, European stuff like that, yeah, uh, they're pretty evil. Yeah, they're very evil. And the spirit world has evil entities, but at least in, you know, the anime and movies that I've seen, it's definitely a mix. Like, yeah, there's evil stuff, but there's also benevolent stuff, neutral stuff. Most of it just yeah. doesn't care. Like, Haku is benevolent, Lin's benevolent, uh... When we meet him later, uh, Kamaji is benevolent. Yeah. I I do want to say that I think the bathhouse that 
we're about to see, like the main setting of the movie, is kind of a vile place in the spirit world. Like, as far as the cast of characters that populate it, like, uh, it's staffed by these frog-type creatures, and they uh, are actively shown despising humans and wanting to eat Chihiro. Like, uh, they say she smells tasty and wants want to eat her, and they all dislike Chihiro, and it's all very... Um, there, there's a lot of uh, greed and stuff going on in this bathhouse that makes the whole setting, to me, seem kind of vile. And then you get characters like Kamaji and Haku, and it's like, oh, these are kind of beacons in this uh, shady place. How do you feel about the theory that the bathhouse is actually a prostitution ring? Oh, I've never heard that theory. Oh, really? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh... Miyazaki himself has said that's not the intention. Hmm. I can see where that comes from because they have a lot of young women uh, running around in robes and stuff as the main staff and a lot of lascivious types up top. And then, of course, uh, Yubaba seems to fill this sort of madame type trope. Yeah. Uh, it's just like all of the, these cartoon kids are actually in purgatory. Yeah, like uh, Totoro and stuff. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think every time Miyazaki releases a movie, uh, he's just like, "Come on, just see it how I see it," and then they're like, "Oh, it's hell," and he's like, "Damn it! <laughs> they're not dead guys. It's just a bathhouse." I like how he writes his stories to have a great innocence to them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read interviews about this one before, but. Chihiro Sen, there's no love interest for her. That's explicitly called out. You might you might get those vibes with Haku, but it's not supposed to be a love story. She's just a kid on this grand adventure, learning to be more confident. Yeah, I definitely I wrote out um, when they first arrive at the theme park before the parents get turned into pigs and all that. That just finding this weird little spot. And this cool abandoned building and then this big wide open field with all these weird buildings inside. It was really exciting to see them come upon all this terrain because I felt that same excitement that you feel when you find a really cool trail in a park or some nice little gazebo somewhere that you're not expecting it to sit and chill. You know. Yeah. There's a sense of adventure even in the most mundane setting. Mm-hmm. So it gets better. She's with Haku. She is not over the bridge yet. He tells her to hold her breath because he's going to cast a spell and they'll be okay, but you can't breathe on the bridge. This will break the spell. Yubaba's looking for you already. Be careful. Yes. And then, of course... Well, she's not looking for... So the bird thing, they already know to be cautious because Yubaba's out there. Yeah, she's but got after, these eyes. She's yeah. like Odin with the raven or whatever. Yes, yes. But then on the bridge, she gets surprised by a frog boy. And she gasps. And everyone's like, human! Human! human. And then Yubaba is actively looking for her. And Haku tells her, you have to run. You have to go to Kamaji. Go down the back steps. And there's this cool scene where he touches her forehead. And she can see it. Yeah. Which would be really convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great power for someone to have like here's exactly what I'm envisioning when I describe this vague thing Yeah, I do want to call out because this whole sequence has a lot going on um, and a lot of really key plot points but basically I don't know if we were super clear about it but uh, she has been trapped in the spirit world this theme park is the spirit world and this main setting that she arrives on is a bathhouse and what ushers her towards uh, breathing on the bridge is that all the spirits come alive in the evening and she is trapped in this throng of spirits going to the bathhouse. Right. So um, anyone who's seen the movie is like, yeah, no shit. But it might start to sound like Ibaba, Haku, spirit, like what the fuck? Oh, true. Sorry. Um, no, that's that's my mistake. Um, but yeah, so she's now detected by spirits. Haku gives her directions to safety and she is now following those down to the boiler room to meet Kamaji. Who is a fantastic character. Yeah. I love this boiler room sequence. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. So uh, first we see some more good characterization. 
There's a staircase, which I guess is steep and long, but Chihiro is terrified of it. She is paralyzed with fear and slowly kind of like crawling down the stairs until she slips and has to sprint momentum and runs into the wall, uh, avoids detection at some point. And then we meet Kamaji, who is this magical spider-like man. He's got six arms and all of these suit sprites Mm -hmm. and spirits do his bidding. They throw coal into the, the boiler. And this is something that just made me realize, hey, the stories are super exciting. And obviously the animation in these movies is gorgeous. But the settings are so detailed. Yeah. And, it, like, just the boiler room of, like, all these drawers and jars next to his workstation. Like, it's somewhere that someone would live and work. And uh, also, something I don't really find myself noticing that much when watching animation is sound design. But in this particular sequence, I have to imagine that it's good sound design because it stood out to me as, like, just this uh, light metal clanking that sounds like machinery and the fire billowing and uh, all these set sprites kind of carrying around these lightly clacking rocks and stuff. Like, it's such a... It feels really subtle, and it kind of came together in this sequence that even the sounds were warm and wow. uh, calm. You know, like it, It's a really nice sequence, and the one that I probably remember most strongly from my first viewing way back when, because uh, I remember, oh yeah, Spider-Guy and the Sit Sprites and Nicole. Like, that's the strongest memory I had of the movie going in. So it was very exciting to see it kind of come back to life, you know, when we watch it this time. So that's to say nothing of the actual plot that happens down here. No, that's, those are the kinds of things we should be talking about, because I assume our audience has seen most of the movies mm-hmm. we're talking about. Can you look up what Kamaji means in English? Yeah. Um, I'm just curious. I looked up what Shihiro means, and it means thousands and gains. And spoiler alert for later, uh, Chi can be, the Chi in Shihiro can also be pronounced as Sen, and that's where Sen comes from, which also still means a thousand, but it's a less beautiful way of saying thousands. Apparently, I I tried <laughs> I tried Japanese on Duolingo. I got to Nana, which is seven, and I gave up because it's super hard. Japanese is so hard. I don't totally different. I don't know if this is true, mm-hmm. but I googled Kamaji meaning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it apparently means old boiler man, and Yubaba apparently means bathhouse witch. And Zaniba means money witch. So it, I don't know if that's just like, oh, in the, this list is auto-populating that. In the movie, they, uh, he is the old boiler man, uh, and Yubaba is a witch who runs a bathhouse, so she is the bathhouse witch. But I think Kamaji actually just means old boiler man. So while you verify that, I'm just gonna kinda, burn through the plot here in the boiler room. It's a very nice place, and Haku is told, Chihiro that she absolutely needs to get work with Kamaji and keep asking and be persistent and Kamaji tells her that uh, he has no sympathy for her he has no work for her she kind of screws up uh, the workflow of the little sit sprites trying to throw coal into the boiler Um, but she is a very kind person so she kind of befriends the sit sprites and Kamaji ultimately takes pity on her when this other secondary character Lin shows up to bring Kamaji food. So Lin, secondary character, notices the human, and Kamaji vouches for her and says that uh, Chihiro is his granddaughter and tells Lin to take Chihiro up to the top of the tower to talk with Yubaba and get some work. So Lin is reluctant, but kind of likes... What do you think? Is it... I think it's true. Kamaji's old boiler man. What the heck? (laughs) This next event, I love so much. Do you have anything to say about the boiler room or anything I that stood out? I think it had really good witchy vibes. And it's hashtag goals for my apothecary setup. <laughs> so when I get my altar finished with my crystals and spices, mm-hmm. I will be much like Kamaji and hopefully will grow additional arms that can stretch infinite. That's the other thing. So he has got six arms and they stretch like what would be scary, but... 
the setting makes it just seem like, whoa, cool. You can reach, to me anyway. I'm sure that's very off-putting and terrifying to some viewers, but for me it was just like, oh, that's how he reaches all this stuff. <laughs> Our upstairs property manager might be drilling. Our neighbor slash landlord. Yeah. This hasn't happened to us before. It's kind of nice, though, to have such a small-time landlord because yeah. we already were like, hey, the toilet runs all the time and fixed. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, can we get another shower rack? And then Bam, fixed. Right there. And then we were like, what was the other thing? Oh, he didn't, we didn't ask for this, but apparently they didn't finish painting above the dishwasher, which we haven't noticed, but they came in with some paint. And it's kind of weird with COVID going on, but it's also, it's nice to just like... Wow, things keep getting better. Yeah, I, um, the, the, the drilling, though. <laughs> well, well, uh... He said he's going to be done within, like, the next week and a half. Are you getting warm? Uh, no, I'm just still wet from my shower. Oh, okay, good. But, uh, yeah, so Lynn takes Chihiro up to Yubaba. Lynn? I already covered how she brought food for Kamaji and... No, I was going to... I wanted to say, um, she looks like a character from Inuyasha. Oh, really? Yes. Like a main character or just like her design? No, she fit. looks like a side character from Inuyasha, but I can't that's appreciate neither the here reference. nor there. I also don't know the side character's name. You're welcome. So anyway, gets the newt. Oh, did you talk about how the soots eat sprinkles? Mm. <laughs> no, Lin comes to feed the soot sprites and gives them sprinkles. And Kamaji coaxes Lin to do his bidding with a charred newt. Uh, fresh from the boiler, which Delicious. she freaks out about. It's just a charcoal shaped like a newt with some burnt-ass lizard. Probably some good stuff. Yeah, they love it. The sequence of Lynn taking Chihiro up through the bathhouse is mm -hmm. so cool. It's the yeah. first time we see the workings of the bathhouse and all the employees and patrons. And it's this wild system, but everything has a meaning and a rule, you know? Mm -hmm. So. They don't explain, like, oh, these guests go here, they go here. But you definitely get the sense of, uh, like, this hierarchy and who the big rollers are in the bathhouse and all that. So I love the, the, the few minutes that it takes to get up to the top of the tower to meet Yubaba. Yeah, we also get to meet a radish man. Yeah. Who, uh, they're going up, and apparently he doesn't smell great, but... Shihiro smells like human, so maybe his musk is overpowering her musk because we see Lin meet with a frogman, and he's like, what's that smell? You reek of human. What is that? And she pulls out the newt, and he's freaking out. He wants to steal her newt. Oh, he's he's clawing her for it, like just clambering all over for this newt. So newts are like, Damn, big like, stuff. This is like, it's not just good food. It is crack to these Maybe spirits. it's crack. But it never comes up again. No. no more notes in the movie. Actually, no. She eats it. Just stuffs it in her face. Rude. What a waste. We do get a little glimpse of some benevolence from spirits. Yes. Daikon man <laughs> guards her. Daikon. Yeah, I, I was used to radish and then you know, Japanese radishes. So. He looks like a daikon radish. He's oh, really? got the long... I'm not familiar with the appearance of daikons. They are long white things. I suppose that they designed him to be a radish spirit then. I guess. Also, radishes smell strongly. So, Chihiro meets Yubaba. Yubaba is... And her baby, Bo. And her baby, Bo. Well, not yet. We see... I thought we were trying to scoot through. Well, there, we don't actually see the baby. We see that oh. the baby is throwing a ruckus. But Yubaba um, kind of tricks her and gets her to sign a contract... Steals her name. Very key. She is now Sen. Because Yubaba takes the, takes the letters right off the page with magic. And then Sen is assigned to Lin. Owning names is another big Fae thing. Like, if you have someone's real name, they have a magical power over you. That's like in um, that BBC show, Jonathan Strange and Dr. Norrell. Yeah. Or um, that book we both like. Patrick Rolfes's. Oh, yeah. Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Knowing the name. Yes. One day when is you'll that third release Doors of Stone. I, we'll both have to get a copy because I'm not waiting for you to finish. Yeah. I'm going to have to like reread or get a very, very detailed summary of the first two. I know. They're pretty enjoyable. 
pretty enjoyable. Well, the first one's amazing, and the second one is oh, very good, yeah. except for that a third of it is how good he is at sex. With, with fairies. Yeah, he escapes the devious fairies. Anyhow, Haku comes in while she's sleeping and tells her to meet at the bridge. And then Sen and Haku visit a bunch of pigs, and Haku says, Oh, these are your parents, and Haku explains name thievery and says, like, you really need to remember your name. That is how Yubawa controls us. I don't remember my name. <laughs> and then we see a training montage. This will be the second day, I believe, in Sen's uh, timeline training montage with uh, good old Lin. She lets in no face. And throughout this whole thing, there are just gorgeous settings, ah, crazy characters, so uh, really good animation. And Lin and Sen get assigned to work the big tub, which is when the stink spirit arrives. And he points in between all that, and I... No, I think it's okay. So the stink spirit, I think this might be my favorite scene because it's a real turning point for Sen. She gets told by Lin to get an herbal, herbal tea... Uh, herbal bath. <laughs> like extra herbal or whatever. Yes. And she goes to the foreman. And she didn't even know what a foreman was at first, but she needs to get a token from him so she can send it up to Kamaji and get scents so that the the customer can't tell how filthy and disgusting this caked with sludge big tub <laughs> is. It's an obvious punishment. Lynn even remarks, this is frog work, which must be, like, this is back-breaking labor reserved for the strong. Uh, I don't know about the cased system in this bathhouse. It sounds like frogs are down there. They're a little low. But humans are even lower, and that's why Sen gets stuck with his job. And the foreman says, no, go fuck yourself. Meanwhile, he's super nice to customers, so we know he's he is fake. And No Face shows up and drops the token. He, he magics up a token while the foreman's distracted into Sen's hands, and she runs off. And this, this river spirit, this uh, stink spirit, smells the high heaven. <laughs> the mystique of the movie. Oh, yeah, oh God. Uh, <laughs> he smells the high heaven. Yubaba's like, hmm. And Lin has to run off. She gets breakfast. Oh, for breakfast. Yeah, but this is when... Uh, Sen is all saddled up with the stink spirit. Yeah, okay, thank you. I, I missed the part where, while they were just cleaning before the spirit came through, Lynn's off to get breakfast. But Sen's on her own, and stink spirit comes in, and he gets in the tub. And I know he's supposed to be disgusting, but it's kind of cute. It's kind of... All got, the water overflows. <laughs> water overflows. It's got these weird sludge hands. It's like, oh. Yeah, it just looks kind of uh, puppy-ish. Yeah. Like a big sludge puppy. Yeah. Like Muck, the Pokemon. Mmm. I think you're on something. So she pulls that herbal tag, hashtag herbal tag, and gets those sweet, sweet smells from the spirit. No face shows up with a whole bunch of more tokens. Yeah, like he realized she valued those. Yeah. And uh, we learn later it's nefarious. Why he was offering these, but she even says, later, he learns the value of companionship. But that's neither here nor there. Please uh, continue describing the okay. spirit. She has a bucket full of tokens, regardless. She didn't take them from the spirit because at the uh, from no face because at the time she hadn't needed them. But she ends up collecting them. She's got a whole big bucket, and when the sludge puppy's like more. <laughs> She's able to give him more Yubaba C. She's like, did you give her more tokens? No, what a waste. So everyone's like, this is such bullshit that the spirit's here. But Sen overflows the tub, classic Sen. She falls and she says there's a thorn in its side or something. And Yubaba's like, everyone, go help. And they heave and ho and heave and ho. And they pull a gosh dang bicycle out of the thing. And they keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. And this disgusting sludge full falls out. And it's supposed to be super gross, but the animation is so satisfactory. It's yeah. it's not golly. a pile of garbage. It's a pile of these individually identifiable objects that are coated in grime and rust and stuff. And it's just so amazing because any other movie or certainly any televised 
animation would probably just have a bike and then scribble, scribble, scribble garbage. But this is yeah. a mass, like a, like when you look at a pile in a dump, it's, it's not a scribbly mess. It's a bunch of these objects. And this movie does it amazingly. Yeah. So all this trash heaps out. And then what's left is a fishing bobble on a line that Sen plucks out and pops like a bath cork of. <laughs> it's uh, it's just so nice how much effort is put in. And it turns out there's a weird creepy face <laughs> that comes up and it says, well done. <laughs> And as it disappears, we find out there are gold speckles in all of the detritus. Mm -hmm. Detritus, and it's uh, Sen's done a really good job. She's made the bathhouse a bunch of money. And, and uh, there's one small detail about this whole sequence before we move on that I really like, which is the water's coming down. They fight up, and she finds the thorn that is the bicycle handle, and something about the scene where. She tries to wrap the rope around, oh, yeah. and it falls off the handle, and it just looks, like, so real and, um, like, true to life. All the tension and the slipping. And then Lynn comes in and wraps it uh, better. Like, it's it's just such a small moment of camaraderie and also really satisfying animation that respects physics and all that. So great, great little detail of that. That just made a great scene even better, in my opinion. So, River Spirit flies out, then what? Sen has a little spirit ball of her own. Yes. Sen gets her own little spirit ball. Yeah, uh, Sen gets her own little spirit ball, and then we see no face. Um, uh, later on, the frog guy comes to collect. Like, later on, like, everyone's gone to bed. Everyone's in bed, the hubbub is, is over, frog guy goes to dig through the grout to find more uh, gold stuff. So after uh, lights out, lights out, frog guy, frog spirit goes to the big tub to kind of dig through the ground and find more gold bits and no face is there and he generates gold from his hand uh, to coax him in, grabs him and eats him. Pretty freaky off the bat. So no face has now eaten the frog. Sen has a nightmare of pigs. Kind of separate from this, she is dreaming of going to find her, uh, what was it? She has the spirit ball from the river spirit. Yes. And says, this will turn you into humans. And then all the pigs converge on her. She freaks out, wakes up. Has the fear that she won't be able to identify her parents. And then we cut back to No Face, who is now generating gold. Because uh, Sen wakes up to an empty, uh, empty room. And everyone is down. No face is this massive beast. Yeah. I think I'd also like to note that she remarks on Kamaji has started the fire already. So it's gotten to a point where she is able to tell patterns. Yeah, and that's the thing, because we only visually see uh, four days. Yes. But clearly some time is passing here. Like like you said, patterns, comfort with everybody, um, and a lot of shit is going down. Like the entire infrastructure is being... Upended by No Face, uh, who is picking out very disgusting. Again, the food looks cool, but Not the way he eats it. Yeah, like this movie uses food in such a interesting way. Like it's so dark and greedy uh, how people eat. You yeah. know, but that's how I eat. <laughs> you don't eat anything like No Face. Even at I forget at what point this happens, but Lynn is consoling Sen at some point. And offers her pork meat, a pork bun. And she she stole them, you know? Like, uh, it's a wholesome moment between them. But she stole the pork bun. So even even in these nice moments, it's uh, tied to greed and stuff. Although it's not necessarily greedy. That might be. I'd swipe pork buns for you any day. I'd swipe pork buns for you. Thank you. What I was going to call out is Haku does bring her some onigiri. 
or rice balls for the onion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he gives her some rice balls, and she has these racking sobs. Just these ridiculous over-the-top tears. So. This is after he brought her to see the pigs that are her parents. So yeah, so it's a She's dealing with a lot. <laughs> it's uh, fair. Like, no, she's allowed to cry. I'm just saying food has a lot of ties to emotion in this movie. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's interesting. That's definitely... Um, I guess it's more fair to say that it is used to show greed sometimes it's, rather it's than just be greed. It's used to personify. Yeah. Good point. Thank nice. you. Because also Lynn brings the pork buns that she stole in an act of camaraderie. Yeah, and kindness. So. And the parents steal the food in a greedy way. And Kamaji uses newt food to get Linda bend over and be nicer to Sen. Yeah. That's a good point. I bet there's a lot of interesting essays about food and Ghibli movies and specifically this one. Speaking of which, though, I know we don't have those big, thick boy ham slices. Should we do eggs and ham for breakfast tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Nice. Um, All of you guys are invited. <laughs> Just tweeted us at rmr underscore review. No faces picking out, and this is very similar to... Underscore podcast. rmr underscore podcast on Twitter. <sighs> this freaks me out because everyone is clamoring to... Bring them food and get some gold. And it makes me think of like a riot scene almost. Like something is on the verge of going wrong. And it's very something disturbing. Something is on the verge of going yeah, wrong. Yeah, and it might be my prior knowledge that something goes wrong. <laughs> but I think even in a vacuum, this scene is like, this is bad. You know, this is too many people. I think it's not, yeah. Too clamoring. There's a monster in it. Even know? in this COVID world. Yes. <laughs> uh, Especially in this COVID world, I should say. And this is to say nothing of No Face's design. Yeah, which... He's is, got frog legs. He's got frog legs. You can kind of see the intestines working in his body. He's got a hair that doesn't work. And he's got this, this mask. Um, I knew this word. The kind of mask he has. But he also has below that this giant, horrible mouth with missing teeth. and Yeah, and like big drooling. square teeth, too. Yeah. Ugh, God. He's very disgusting. Um, I'm going to look up what is No Faces mask called. Yeah, so it's, it's just a freaky, freaky. Freaky deaky. Okay. Um, yeah, so as we said, things were tense, it's about to hit the fan, and the fan which it hits is him finding out Sen has to leave. It's like, I want to see Sen. Because we do, before he this hits the fan, we see Haku being attacked oh, by sorry. paper. Yes, Haku is a dragon, and he's being attacked by these paper leaf things. I did not get it. There's a fruit fly that I tried to grab. Did not grab it. Uh, he's he's being attacked by these crazy fruit uh, fruit flies. <laughs> Paper mm. things. Yeah. And he's a dragon. Crashes into Sen's room. I just thought this was... Things were kind of bubbling beneath the surface at this point, but now we have Haku with this dripping thick blood spattering blood all over the place when he leaves it's got this like wet whip sound effect of blood spraying it's like whoa you know like we saw greedy people and kind of gross eating and stuff but now we see this viscous intense violence happening uh, and she sees haku fly up to yubaba's house uh yubaba's penthouse i guess yeah Apartment, whatever. And now shit hits the fan. Yes, because she's got to get the heck up there, but Monster Richman is asking for her, and he tries to for <laughs> some gold, and she says, no thanks, I need to go, it was nice to see you, sorry, bye. And he oh. freaks out. He's like an ex-boyfriend who will not take breakup for an answer, and he's <laughs> He's banging around. He's thrashing. 
and he eats people just like an ex-boyfriend would. <laughs> um, he does. He does though. He eats. <laughs> That's not a bit. He eats people. <laughs> uh, they didn't know about the frog right away. Maybe not. Um, the foreman did say like, "Oh, that voice," and then immediately ignores it because gold. Mm-hmm. But now foreman and one of the notstitutes, because she's not a prostitute, <laughs> gets gobbled up, and the bathhouse is freaking out. But Sen makes her way down to the boiler room, and we find out that Haku has stolen some kind of seal spell from Yubaba's sister. He's under. He's under some kind of evil curse. Something's wrong with him. But first, she makes her way up to Yubaba's room, oh. finds a bleeding dragon, meets both a baby, hides from Yubaba. There's a lot more that happens. And then uh, Zaniba, who we don't know is Yubaba's sister, but looks just like her, shows up, turns Yubaba's crow into a little tiny mouse bird thing, and yeah, turns bow. If I had read my notes further, <laughs> I would realize that. Turns bow into a fat little mouse, and then. Uh, Chihiro gets out of there and then gets down to the boiler room. Uh, Haku is a battered uh, dragon. He shifts into a human, lies there sick, because Chihiro shoves this orb from the river spirit into his mouth. He coughs up this inky, disgusting thing, which he squishes and takes the stamp of, I believe it's... Zaniba. Zaniba's stamp? What is a stamp for? It's a seal. I always... Does it have any meaning, or is it just some magical it's seal? It's stamp. Crazy. It's hers, though, and it's obviously important. It's what spurs her to borderline kill Haku with paper um, birds. So then, now she leaves the bathhouse in an explosive way. Well, are you, is that a lead-up to how she meets with No Face again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, everyone's freaking out, and they're like, oh my god, Lynn. Finds her and says, you let in a no-face? Yo, that's whack. <laughs> you gotta do something about it, Sen. Not like that at all. Yeah, but pretty Much better writing. Uh, and she has confidence now. Who knows where she got it? Probably because she's been in the spirit world so dang long. That's something I forgot. I wrote down this point, but uh, when she has to get up to Yubaba's penthouse, she's on a very similar precipice that she is at the beginning of the movie. With the stairs going down, but now she's looking at a pipe that she has to run across. And it's, you know, high, steep fall, and now she barely hesitates and sprints across this collapsing pipe. Whereas before, she's slowly inchworming down some stairs. So it's just uh, an immediate visualization of, hey, she's different now. She's confident now. So, yes. Yeah, ha ha. Yeah, ha ha. Okay, so Sen and No Face. Yeah, she feeds him that spirit ball that she was going to give to her parents. And he starts puking. He's running around screaming, what did you do to me? What is this? Sen, how could you? And he's vomiting throughout the walls as Sen's trying to escape. Because back with Haku and Kamaji, he gave her some train tickets so that she could go see Zaniba. Because she needs to return the seal. That's how she's she's running down to the train station. Lynn's waiting to help her, and she catches her on the boat. And No Face is watching from a distance, and he's obviously purged all of the terrible evils that were within him. Because he plops down into the water, and Lynn's like, "Great, he's following us." <laughs> Instead of he's gonna fucking eat us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once he vomits up the. Uh... The frog, they make their way to a train station, and this is Chihiro with uh, the fat mouse baby Bo and Cindy, or Yubaba's henchman Crow, and they all get on the train. Train master notices no face behind them, and this was kind of weird to me how Chihiro has no fear of him, even though just a moment ago she's being chased to the bathhouse and he was trying to eat him. He still has the capacity to eat people. But now she's like, you behave yourself, come sit. And they make their way out to Zaniba's house. The whole squad gets there, and just this whole train sequence, 
is really nice. I don't know how else to describe oh, it. There. It's it's called Ma or Na. I don't remember which, but it's these scenes of quiet stillness to give the viewer a break in between all the action. Because it was fucking crazy just before. Yeah, this. it was. <laughs> it was some stuff. Yes. But it's it's blue, it's pretty, there's these islands with quaint little cottages on them. There's nice piano music. It's a really calm sequence. I love it. They uh, get out to Zaniva's house, but not before we cut back to Haku waking up and talking with Yubaba. With I, some gosh darn confidence himself. Yeah, I forget what they talk about. Um... Because he is purged of the ink spirit that yeah. owns him at this point. I think it's just like you gotta quit your shit. Okay. The squad arrives at Zaniva's house. They're all very um, freaked out, but she turns out to be pretty friendly. Also, she looks exactly like Zaniva. Zaniva and Yubaba yeah. look exactly the they're same. Twin sisters, and she says it's because they're part of the same whole. Or something. Maybe like, I think there's some magical... Talk. Yeah, I guess, huh? Who do I know they're twins? Um, these days. <laughs> these days, yeah. It's crazy how they age to look exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen... It's, it's It was, like, anti-tobacco advertisements back in middle school, but, like, this twin smoked, this twin didn't. <laughs> and the smoker seen. looks a lot more wrinkled. I don't remember it, but... In this case, both you, Baba and Zaniba, smoked. Yes. They so that's like why shit. they... <laughs> <laughs> they are rough. Um, I will say, like, this is a common theme in Ghibli movies, but I love it how the villain uh, generally turns out to be someone who can be reasoned with, yeah. or they have compassion or humanity to some degree. Evil. Yeah. And as we see with Zaniba, you know, she was murdering Haku for stealing from her, but she's pretty calm and happy to help these people and just, like, sew together, gives them tea, food, uh, and they all sit together like friends. Yeah. Uh, She sends them back um, with... Well, Haku arrives at Zaniba's house. Yep. Haku's at Zaniba's. He's there to kick ass, take names. I forget why he arrives exactly, but I think he I had think his heart to heart with Yubaba and then comes because he knows Chihiro is at Zaniba. Yeah. And uh, then they mount up and ride back. She goes back with Bo and... Uh, Bo in mouse form. Mouse form and the crow. And uh, No Face stays with Zaniba to help her uh, weave... And he has found some agency and peace. Yeah. Uh, they arrive back at the bathhouse. Well, on the way there, Ooh. what do we find out? You tell us. Well, we find out that Sen Chihiro does know Haku. She's seen him before. And she doesn't remember this story. But her mom tells her when she was little, she got she got dropped. She fell. She fell into a river. And the name of that river was Kohaku River. Yes. Not Einstein. Ah, you thought I was going <laughs> to. You thought I was going to mean. Yeah. The name of that river was Einstein. Um, so anyway, she finds out she, they have a mutual revelation that his name is Kohaku. And he turns Back into his humanoid spirit form. In a very gorgeous sequence. Yes. All the scales break away like glass. Really awesome. Wunderbar. It's and they're they're spinning in hand circles like skydivers do. And Sen has these big, beautiful tears again that magically float up and <laughs> well, they're falling. hit the tummy of Bo the mouse. And Kohaku's like, oh my gosh, I have power over myself again because I know my name. And then he he gives more of the name. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was a long one. Kohaku was his middle name. Yeah, but essentially he's a river guardian spirit. And the river that he once guarded has been paved over. Oh. So there is a lot of him lost. I, I took that part for granted, yeah. He's... Uh... Basically, as a spirit lost his agency because the world of humans 
marched right past him. Sad. He'll never really have his full agency back. It kind of ties back to when the family was first going over the little water water spindly on the way to the theme park. The dad said, this would have been a river. Oh, I wonder if it is that. Well, it wouldn't make sense for it to be that river unless they were visiting when they were children. But yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But that, that river spirit, spirit, spirited away part two, that tiny little stream. Okay. So Chihiro and Kohaku with their gosh dang confidence are at the bridge before the bathhouse again. And everyone's there. Everyone's there. And Yubaba has decided that Chihiro can guess the names or guess which pigs are her parents. And if she guesses right, you know, she can go home. And if she guesses wrong, she's stuck there. And Bo turns back into baby Bo. He's like, Mama, you better be nice. Yeah, which I guess is pretty significant because he was going to break Sen's arm earlier if she didn't play with... Like, he's a spoiled baby who has no consideration for anything except himself. Yeah. And now on this trip, like, Chihiro definitely risked herself a few times to protect Bo. I forget exactly what context, but she, you know, goes back to scoop him up or brings him with and takes care of him and is kind. So a lot of this movie is uh, Chihiro is a kind person Mm -hmm. and that affects people and spirits around her. To be more kind of... He calls Yubaba Obachan, which is Granny. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. Um, Kamaji gets called Grandpa instead of Kamaji. So I'm excited to hear why <laughs> Japanese for Grandpa. What do you think it is? What's your last guess? Oji-chan. OG. OG. Uh, that doesn't matter at all, but... <laughs> Japanese language is very interesting. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. I just kind of like Japanese. Japan seems cool. It does seem cool. I'd like but to go there someday. I'd like to too, but we need to do more international travel first. Because we need to I wet wanna, our feet. Yeah, definitely. I want an easy mode travel, like <laughs> somewhere European that is mostly familiar, and then we'll go somewhere English that's... Speaking. Fucking, yeah, so then we'll go somewhere crazy like uh, Malaysia. You know, an Asian country that is uh, completely different. Papua New Guinea. Maybe. So Chihiro okay. is on the bridge, needs to pick out her parents, but it's a trick question. There's a bunch of pigs there, and she says, My parents are not here. And that is correct. They all pop into bathhouse servants, and then she Yubaba tells her to leave the way she came. And her parents will be waiting for her. But don't look back. Much like uh, Lot yeah, in the Bible. Wife. Or uh, Orpheus. So she can't look back. It's not exactly clear why until she gets on the other side of the tunnel. But she finds her parents. It's very touching. They exit the tunnel and get in their car. It's not touching. Her parents are dicks like always. They're like, hurry up. Don't wander off. Well, don't cling to me again. <laughs> it's touching in the way that... Chihiro's uh, happy to see her parents. Chihiro's happy to see her parents and she's leaving behind like all these friends she has made. So it's kind of bittersweet. Like, oh, she's returning to her life. but Just like in the beginning of the movie. But she's handling it a lot better this time. It's... Because she's matured. Yeah. And then uh, her parent, like, there's branches and stuff all over the car. There's dust in the car. The parents say, what is this, prank? And they peel out. Mm-hmm. Movie ends. What did you learn after we watched the movie, Dan? Well, I looked up how much time passes when they're in the spirit world. And in the movie, it is uh, four days. We visually see four days occur. But as you pointed out, just based on how much she grows and behaves differently... It's got to be longer than four days. Uh, It's just what we see is four days. But then when they leave, like when they first enter, there's a statue with distinctive face features on either side. And then it's a red building with a tunnel. And when they leave, the tunnel is no longer red. It's just bare brick. And it's totally overgrown with vines. And that statue that had a face before is totally smooth. So... And with that level of degradation, had to have been, at the very least, many months, probably years. The statue not having a face anymore would be months? Well, uh, unless... Unless it's magic. 
Yeah, that's the other thing that I was thinking because these uh, blog posts I was reading was saying like, well, it's probably months for the overgrowth, um, but the fact that there's no paint indicates years instead. But also, uh, in the comparison shots, the red building is totally smooth, and I forget what it's made out of, but the dad even comments... Plaster. Yeah, it's, oh, it's plaster. So maybe it's just underneath, but the brick building has this like brick um, arch that extends out of the wall. That's not visible on the red, so I don't know if that's just under the plaster and the plaster wears away, or is it a totally different place, you know, and they're not actually free, or they're not where they think they are. There's a lot of implications to the ending um, that are not super awesome. Like, at the very least, they're going to go to their house and find it reoccupied because they've been gone for so long and haven't been making payments, presumably. Uh and they're going to realize that they've been gone for years. <laughs> so it's like the start of a horror at this point. <laughs> but Chihiro's grown, you know, so it's not so bad. But Chihiro will be fine. She's a kid. She can go to school. Yeah. Get a degree. Start a career. Parents are fucked. There's a lot of implications to this ending. Uh, and I think it's cool that they actually, like, you know, just show that time passes. Fucking do it. What's the difference? You know, have time pass. It's cool. Yeah. It could have easily been like a Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe thing when they're like, but you were gone for minutes. Well, it's opposite. Yeah, it is opposite. <laughs> they, they could have gone that route, which I think is always kind of like, well, that's dumb. Let's see some real consequences. Oh, yeah. Because if no time passes, it's like, yeah, the characters grow. Which I guess is the main part, but... Well, the parents don't grow. Yeah. So the next part of this movie will be the parents' growth. Ooh. Yeah, with real-world uh, consequences. For for eating soup dumplings. <laughs> Did they forget they ate them? Did they tip? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what uh, that leaves off at. But, hey, do you have any negatives about this movie? Of like, course not! I think... It's such a, oh, it's gorgeous. It sounds beautiful. It looks beautiful. Did you uh, look up the CGI scene? Yeah. Um, all I could find was a forum post saying, like, yeah, you kind of know it when you see it. And so I think you're correct. It's the flowers because that kind of stood out a little bit, but it still looked very good. And also the scene where they're looking out over the ocean at the train tracks where it's kind of blue reflection. That was probably CGI too. But it's very sparingly used, um, and it fits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on this movie? I don't have any. Do you want to rate on three? Yeah. One, two, three, ten. Nine. Oh shit. Nine and a half. I was kind of on the fence between nine and a half and ten, and the reason that I was thinking nine and a half was because, um. Like, the uh, the ending sticks with me in a way like it doesn't make total sense. And I don't think the movie is supposed to make sense. But there's, if the parents thought, like, we just came and left, are we supposed to believe that they are so unaware of their world that they don't notice it's a totally different building with massive overgrowth and the statue is totally different? Like, it's a real stretch. And also... Um, I don't like how, even if Chihiro is massively confident that she's okay with hanging out with the spirit she just saw destroy a whole bathhouse and eat her co-workers and is known to be obsessed with her. Like well, those co-workers were racist. Yeah, but she's still <laughs> a 10-year-old. So there's some minor things that stand out to me as being convenient uh, in a way that's not... You know, things don't have to be answered because it's a fantasy animation that exists in the spirit world. But there are some consistencies that, if I was nitpicking, I could pick out. Yeah, I feel that's fair. What would you knock it from a 10 to a 9 for? Uh, for not being Parasite. <laughs> Alright, are you okay with 9.5? <laughs> yeah, I, can, I think 9.5 is really good. Uh, I think I think all of the Ghibli movies, spoiler alert, are going to be in the 9 zone. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. It's it's a nice time. If you don't watch animation on the principle of being an adult, 
I feel sorry for you. Mm -hmm. There's there's some majesty to be found in fantastical world that can be created by colorful minds. Yeah, this is like if someone's like, well, why does a movie need to be animated? Why can't it be shot? This is this is why movies need to be animated sometimes. Like it is perfect in that regard. If this had been, I don't. I feel bad for the kids who are growing up now that are getting all this CGI crap. Yeah, like like that. hop. Oh God. <laughs> or sing. Yeah. So. Or minions. Illumination movies. Oh. <laughs> Alpha and Omega is also a bad one. There were plenty of bad. Mars needs moms. Yeah. There were plenty of bad, like, traditional animation ones when we were growing up. Like, uh, Journey to Atlantis instead of Atlantis. Like, any of the direct-to-DVD Disney copies. Mm -hmm. But what kids are getting now are theater editions of what feel like direct-to-DVD Disney copies. Yeah, I agree. Except Onward, that rocked. Oh, yeah. I should be... Tangled is awesome. Onward is awesome. Big Hero 6 is awesome. Disney. But th this movie's really good. Please watch it. Yeah. Okay. So you got our Twitter. Our website is RookieMovieReviews.com. Our email is RookieMovieReview. Yep. At gmail.com. If you have that S, Cough I'll give you $100. Break your kneecaps. Break your kneecaps. I'll take it. Well, take your kneecaps. Leave $100 in their place. Now you can't bend your knees. Don't you wish? <laughs> the perfect crime. Don't you wish? Can't run without bending your knees. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this puppy up. Nine and a half. Spirited away. Really good movie. Bye. Bye.